your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the ECB. Put your hands together. There's the last one. It's tiny, but it's strong. How are you guys doing? I'm Maria Butcher. I'm your host. I'm not Cameron Esposito. How are you guys feeling? Are you feeling good? We're packed in here on a beautiful June whatever this is. Loving it. I'm not Cameron Esposito. Are you guys okay? Got double denim. Hair is awesome. Basically still Cameron Esposito. It's totally fine. You can give it up for me, Maria Butcher, your guest host. Is in place. And you can give it up for all the comics that are here. They're here in the back. They can hear you. So you can give them a big old round of applause. Yes, awesome. So glad you guys are here. Uh, I am rocking the double denim, this uh, off duty lesbian tractor mechanic outfit. <laughs> it's my favorite. I'm, uh, I'm back on the men's jeans train. So I am aware of this penis tent that I have. I have them all the time, even if I wear women's pants. So. <laughs> I'm just going with it, you know? I'm a tough guy. I have to be tough, because uh, I have the last name Butcher. And I look like this, so it's just a big cycle. Just gotta wind it up, keep it going. I'm a tough guy. Have you guys, has anybody ever gotten in a fight? Nobody in this room except for me has gotten in a fight? Come on, ladies. I know you've gotten in some fights. I got in a, I was thinking about this the other day, I was like, Hey, you're pretty tough. What have you done that's tough? And I remembered this bike fight that I got into when I lived in Chicago, because I moved here from Chicago. Been here for about two years. When I lived in Chicago, I used to ride my bike everywhere, which I miss in Los Angeles. If you ride your bike, you are immediately murdered here. <laughs> I actually was driving over here behind a gentleman on a bicycle who, hey, I'll share the road. I'm into it. But he was riding his bike on Franklin with both hands. <laughs> And actually putting his head back. Just like space jamming it out. Just like, come on, dude. That's a little too much. It's a little too much road. So I ran him over and then I got here. But, um, you know, so I used to ride my bike in Chicago. I loved it. Uh, I was riding my bike one day. Uh, and this woman just tried to, tried to run me over. She was in from the suburbs. She didn't like me being on the road. Tried to run me over, turning left. Uh, so, you know, of course, she tried to run me off the road. I did exactly what you're supposed to do, which is I gave her the finger immediately. <laughs> gave it to her sideways, which is a great move. And you can use it because it takes up the whole window. And they will not miss it because they're moving forward, so they get the whole finger. As they move past the finger, just still finger. It's great. You can use that move anytime. So we kept, I kept sort of battling it out with her. Uh, from my bicycle, her and her Scion XB, which was just even more insulting. It's like a shoebox on wheels trying to murder me. So I was riding my bike. Then eventually she pulls up in front of me at a stop sign, stops her vehicle, and I see the, like, reverse lights go and the brake lights go, and I'm like, oh, shit. Glad I wore my helmet. Some shit is going down. She can't... Now, I... Again, Scion XB, it also had a Roxy bumper sticker on the back. 
And I'm guessing, like, a I'd rather be snowboarding license plate thing. So I thought, like, this 22-year-old doesn't want to mess with this 30-something lesbian in the bike lane. This woman came out of the Scion XB. Have you guys ever seen the movie Monster? <laughs> that is what was raging at me out of her vehicle. She was just, like, just a head with hair behind it, just, like, tearing at me. So I, like, got ready for this fight. Now... I've been in some situations, so I was prepared. But never are you prepared to battle it out with like a white trashy Cruella DeVille at 5 p.m. on a Tuesday. So she came tearing at me. We started tussling with it. I mean, it was just like a trailer park tussle. That was all that was, I got a button off of her jacket. And then the unfortunate thing happened because I like to think of myself as a tough guy. I really like the Rocky movies. I enjoy boxing. I think it's, a fun sport to watch every now and then. I pulled her hair. I'm really sorry to tell you guys, but I pulled her hair. No one was a winner that afternoon. We both parted ways. She took off. Somebody was like, I've got your license plate. And she was like, not my car. And just took off. So I just want to let you guys know I'm pretty tough. I will get a button off of a jacket if you need it uh, at any time. I'm prepared for that. Uh, the other day, I heard a gentleman uh, sharing his opinions, some personal opinions. Uh, he, he, uh, his prefix to his personal opinions was, um, I believe it's um, pronounced no homo. I think that's what he said before he said what he, his, his opinions on this. He said, no homo, do you ever touch your butt when you're taking a shower? How do you guys clean your butt when you're taking it? No homo. How do you guys clean your butt when you're taking it? And I don't mean to be blue. I apologize for the butt talk. But I've just been thinking about that for a while. Like, how can you think that a butt on yourself interacting with yourself who happens to be a dude. How's that gay? I, I really, that, that is a complex, I, I hate to break it to that guy, but gay men also have penises. So he's gonna have to never touch his penis because no homo. And also a lot of lesbians have vaginas. So he's gonna have to stay away from those too. I feel really sorry for that guy. He's so homophobic. He's just, just a head walking around. Just like Walt Disneying around for the rest of his life. It's pretty rough for that guy. You know what I mean? I hear that phrase all the time. Do you guys hear that phrase all the time? Like you can't even... I, I hear guys say that like, no homo, nice tie. Gay people don't give compliments either. We're pretty uptight, too, so you don't have to preface it with that. Just a, just a little PSA up top. Just want to let you guys know, we don't care about it. You shouldn't either, right? Thanks, guys. <laughs> I really appreciate your support. Working out my new no homo material. That's real good. Did everybody have a good Father's Day? Thanks for your support in my premise, too. <laughs> I'm glad that my premise itself was hilarious that I talked about Father's Day. 
just get into my dad's material, my good dad's material. My dad screened my call on Father's Day. I'm an only child. And he screened his phone call. Only child. We don't have a great relationship, my dad and I. Uh, my parents have been divorced my entire life. Uh, I was born in August of 1982, and they were divorced in September of 1982. I'd like to think I had a little hand in that. <laughs> Just like a little tiny baby hand. <laughs> I also, it took me like a really long time to come out to my dad, too, because uh, of the bad relationship, the divorce. I'm also from Ohio originally. I like to call that the thinking man's Indiana. <laughs> it's pretty rough to live there. Yeah, there's a lot of hillbillies there, too. I'm proud to be a hillbilly, uh, but to have made it out. Uh, you know that phrase, shooting fish in a barrel? I've done that. <laughs> it's not as easy as you'd think. <laughs> the light sort of bends when you try it. Are you guys ready to start your show? We have some awesome comics. You guys are going to love all of them. This first comic, he has a really awesome podcast and live show called uh, Competitive Erotic Fan Fiction, and he also runs a great show called Big Money at the Virgil every Thursday. You guys give it up for Brian Cook. Here we go, Maria. What's up, UCB? Uh, I am broke, which is weird because I'm white. Um, blowing it. Don't know how that worked out. Anyone here realize that they need to learn a new skill like gardening or burglary? Anybody else in that position? I moved to L.A. about a year and a half ago. Immediately went $20,000 in debt. That's how shit's working out. In fact, I remember uh, a month or so ago, I got down to the end of the month, I paid all my bills, and I realized I had just enough money left over to buy either a sandwich or a toothbrush. Then I realized if I don't eat, I don't have to brush my teeth. Spent my last four bucks on beer. Anyone pull that move? We call that broke math. It's a classic. That was depressing, but that was why I felt better about myself at the end of last month. I figured I had just enough money left over after I paid my bills to buy either a new pair of shoes or a bottle of whiskey. I felt good about that. Because to me, that was progress over sandwich versus toothbrush. <laughs> Until I got to thinking, shoes versus whiskey is a hobo decision. <laughs> now I just have to hope that the hobo slope isn't too slippery, because if it is, before long, I'll find myself making other such hobo decisions as can I still eat this dead raccoon <laughs> if I fuck it first. I feel like I should apologize that a raccoon got fucked in that last joke. It would be hard to call it consensual. But it's like my grandmother always said, if you want to make an omelet, you gotta break a few eggs. Then you gotta fuck that omelet. She died in prison. Did I need to point that out or was that evident by her life advice? That's not true. That's a lie I made up to make you uncomfortable. Moving on. It's true though. I don't fucking... I, I'm at the point, I realized the other day, I'm so broke I hate whales. I'll explain. I was on board for a minute. I watched the Blackfish documentary and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. SeaWorld is bullshit. Whales belong in the wild. Then the next day, I see an article in the paper about how like 30 whales beached themselves and almost died off the coast of Florida. Stay on message, whales. Do you belong in the wild or not? 
because you're fucking up the PR for everybody at this point. We can't have Shamu swimming around in circles in his goddamn glorified above-ground pool, banging his head against the wall, wondering how many trainers he has to eat before they put him out of his misery with these other 30 dipshits flopping around on a fucking beach. It's inconsistent, and it confuses me, and I don't know what to think, and now I just don't give a fuck. And yes, I'm aware that these are two different kinds of whales. Don't tell me after the show that I don't know whales from whales. I know that on the one hand, we've got the sleek, black, sexy, free willy slash blackfish whales. And on the other hand, we've got these big, dumb, lumpy, gray dipshits that are flopping around on beaches. The kind of whale where you can't even tell where the mouth is. I know... Those are different kinds of whales. And really, people only give a shit about the free willy whales. And they should, because those are cute. These ones, fuck them. Did you know they're exploding now? Does your Google News Feed look like mine? Is it just uh, sinkholes, mudslides, bouncy castles that are blowing away with children inside them? And whales washing up in Canada that might explode? Fuck whales. I don't have time for you, whales. What kind of passive-aggressive Al-Qaeda bullshit is that? They're like big, dumb, lumpy, dead Al-Qaeda members just washing up on beaches. They're supposed to be so fucking smart. We've been told this since we were little kids. How do they not know they don't belong on a beach? Try putting a cat in a bathtub. You see my point. I don't need to extrapolate that, I don't think. Fuck whales. I don't know how rich you have to be to start caring about whales, but it's not negative $25,000. I haven't been to a doctor since it wasn't weird that they were playing the Goo Goo Dolls in the waiting room. Fuck whales. I don't care. And when they do wash up, what happens? Ten free doctors just appear around them. I did go to, technically, I did go to a doctor about 10 years ago uh, because I realized that I had a rash on the one part of my body that would send me to a medical professional. It was my dick. And I thought I knew what it was because I looked it up online, but you don't take any chances with the one part of your body that's ever brought you a moment's happiness in your entire miserable life. So I spent 130 bucks at a cheap clinic to find out that I, as a 26-year-old male, had contracted... A yeast infection. Yeah, we can get them too, fellas. Turns out it's not that big of a deal. The doctor's like, hey, man, you just get the same stuff that the ladies use. You apply it three times a day. Let me tell you, there are worse pieces of medical, professional medical advice to get as a 26-year-old male than, uh, yeah, just take this tube of goo, rub it on your junk three times a day. Cool, man, I was going to do that anyway. I just got my medical masturbation card. Happy birthday to me. Uh, excuse me, officer, why don't you get off the bus? Dr. Feingold said I have to do this. I've got it in writing. And I try not to live with a lot of regrets, but I will always regret that I didn't call the clinic back the next day and be like, um, yeah, doc, look, this is hard to talk about. I got the stuff. Um, I am having trouble getting the applicator in. Level with me. Is it supposed to bleed this much? I've passed out three times in the last 20 minutes. Do you just monkey fist it on in there? How does this work? <laughs> Fellas, ask the ladies what those look like later. They'll tell you. Uh, it's not cute anymore, man, being broke in your mid-30s. No one's out there, like, writing a Rent-style musical about a dude who's 36 who has Hulu Plus but no health insurance. Do you understand how fucking sad this is at this point? I don't even have access to the word broke anymore. Broke is romantic. It implies that you've run out of something that you're going to get more of. I have 36 years of proof that that is not going to happen. I'm just a poor person at this point. No one's writing a musical about poor people. 
Well, that killed the room. That's fine. <laughs> 36 is not that interesting of an age until you realize it's the first time in your life you can legally fuck someone half your age. <laughs> so I do realize that's better for me than it is for them. I'm well aware. It's especially interesting when I started to think about the kinds of guys I went to high school with. Uh, they tended to make my life miserable and also knock up most of my female classmates. Does anybody want to do the math on how old their daughters are now? I did. It's 18. It's 18 legal years old. Thanks for asking. Which is why I'm about to start shooting my new reality show called Brian Cook's Hometown Fuck Safari. Just a lot of scenes of me sitting in diners in rural Maine saying things to waitresses like, no, just the check, sweetheart, but what did you say your last name was again? Was your dad by chance a quarterback and a piece of shit in high school? You ever been with a mid-level comic that's never done TV before? You ever seen the inside of a Chevy Astro van that that comic bought with his Discover card and after 20% interest paying it off over the course of a decade, it costs roughly the same as a gently used Bentley? Where are you going? Where are you going? <laughs> I was talking to somebody the other day, though, and they were like, uh, oh, but you don't have to worry about it. You're a guy. You don't even have to worry about getting older because men just get better looking. I was like, have you only seen George Clooney? Because that's just George Clooney. And for every one George Clooney, there are three billion Val Kilmers. Yeah. And Val Kilmer started out looking like Val Kilmer handsome as a motherfucker. I would have kissed him on his mouth. I've seen Top Gun. You seen him lately? He looks like he died in a tsunami ten years ago. Just washed up on shore. Thanks guys. I'm Brian Cook. Give it up for Rhea Butcher. Brian Cook, you guys. Awesome. We're going to keep the show right on rolling. This next comic, she's in from New York, which is super awesome. We're glad to have guests all the time. You may have seen her on uh, Inside Amy Schumer. You guys give it up for Laura Prangley. <laughs> give it up for your host, everybody. Great to be here. I, I'm pumped up at summertime in New York City right now because I love to wear sandals. But the problem with wearing sandals in New York City is that there are rocks and feces everywhere. So I came up with this mechanism when I walk down the street where I do this little shake just like this, and all the rocks and feces leave my sandals. It's great. I saw a guy approach me doing the same exact shake. He was just walking down the street like this. I'm like, oh my God, that guy gets me. He understands how gross it is to live in the city. And then I looked at him a little bit longer and realized he was just adjusting his package without touching himself. <laughs> he was doing the chafe shake, just like trying to get it out there. It's my new favorite thing. I've noticed the heart move. <laughs> Just like that. You know when you're a kid and you doodle and you do the heart up and down? Sometimes it looks like that. You're just trying to... And the guy's looking back at me like, does she have a penis? I don't. I don't. So you guys were like, she's 5'10", does she? Um, no, I don't. I, uh, I'm originally from Maryland. I come from a big family. I have three sisters and a brother. When we were all younger, my dad gave us the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad to read which is a great financial book. But he also gave us the book 1001 Freebies and Cheapies. So we're like, oh no, you're the poor dad. It sucks. He told us we could be whatever we wanted to be in life, and that was awesome. I wanted to be a professional soccer player. 
You guys are probably looking at my thighs right now, being like, I can see where you tried that. Oh. <laughs> simmer, simmer down over there. Oh. But I did. I was on the Maryland State soccer team. I traveled the world playing soccer. I used to wear the shirt, soccer is life. The rest is just details. <laughs> yeah. The details turn out to be things like rent <laughs> and student loans and asking for a haircut for Christmas. <laughs> If you think my hair is long because I like to do white girl things like this, like, what? Uh, you're wrong. It's because Christmas is once a year, guys. That's why. My hair is so long. I love hanging around my little sister because she's four years younger than me, and she gives me all the cool new phrases. She's like, Lara, there's no longer just blacking out when you drink. There's also this new thing called browning out where you remember bits and pieces of the night. I'm like, what? Do you guys know about this? Some people are browning out right now. <laughs> I'm like, that's so confusing for me because when I was in college, browning out something that happened after you broke up with your white boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. You just browned out for the weekend. <laughs> just to see how big it really is. <laughs> and then come Monday, you start whiting out again and never stop talking about it. Oh my God. It happens. I, uh... <laughs> I am really close with my siblings, which is nice. I think sometimes we're like too protective of each other. Like this was an example. My boyfriend at the time went to Vegas and he came back with bronchitis. And uh, she goes, I was catching up with my older sister and she goes, tell me he didn't have a dirty Vegas for JJ. I was like, what? A vagina that causes a respiratory infection? <laughs> it's like, even if that was real, I want it. <laughs> Don't be jealous, that's incredible. I come from a very Catholic family and things were explained to me in Catholic ways. Like I remember once I was in the car with my sister and she heard the word orgasm and she goes, mom, what's an orgasm? When I was like seven years old at the time, she goes, oh, you know that feeling that you get when you're in a car and you go over a hill, you know that feeling you get in your stomach? Yeah, sometimes it feels good. Well, let's just say some hills are better than others. <laughs> Like, now all I want to do is go over every single hill. <laughs> but I have to save hills for marriage? What? <laughs> I, uh, I understand from a guy's perspective, it's got to be very confusing to understand a woman. And, and that's why I like going to the gym, because every time you go to the gym, you have this moment where you know what it's like to be inside of a guy's head. And it's the moment where you have your headphones and you're looking for the input for the sound on the elliptical machine, you're like, I know it's underneath here somewhere. Is that it? Oh, that's not it. Is that it? No, that's not it. Is that it? Oh, shit. People are like, are you okay over there? You're like, I'm fine. I already committed. I'm not looking under. And then as soon as you find it, you're like, oh, my God. The Today Show. This is what it's like to have sex with me, by the way. And then like 10 minutes later, you're like, fuck this machine. Let's go to the next one. That's guys in a nutshell. I want to give you a high five. You laughed. If you're on a date, she's not going home with you tonight. That was, that was an aggressive laugh. That was... I actually just got engaged, though. What? Ladies don't clap. Fuck you. Fuck you. Like, girls hate other girls that are engaged so much. You guys didn't clap either. It's fine. I get it. There's something so annoying about an engaged girl, right? But I can be annoying. I've been to 27 weddings over the past four years. Yeah, that's a real number. I'm noticing this new trend where newlyweds are taking their pictures on railroad tracks. Have you guys seen this one? Where they're like this, they're like us. 
I'm like, maybe 50% of marriages are ending because half of them are literally getting hit by a train. <laughs> You're setting yourself up for failure. My, uh, my parents are divorced. Yeah, divorce. Um, it's fine. No. And uh, it, it's, uh, it's, now as an adult, I can see why. Like, they, were, they were separated for nine years, which is a long time to be, be like, do I want to get a divorce? But I see, like, life just gets in the way sometimes. Like, they would come up with the most entertaining excuses. They would be like, oh, you know, it's Thanksgiving. We don't want to do anything around Thanksgiving. Oh, it's the new year. We can't start off the new year in a bad way. Oh, it's Black History Month. Your father's middle name is Jerome. Like, we can't do this to the family. It's crazy. I'm excited to get married. People ask me, they're like, did you know if he was the one? Like, did you know? And honestly, I didn't. I was a little bit nervous when we first started dating because I found baby wipes in his apartment. And I wasn't even snooping at all. These baby wipes are just out in the open. I'm like, holy shit, that's a red flag, right? <laughs> but then I just learned that him and his roommate like to keep it fresh in the bathroom, which I think is great. Totally respect that. Skid mark free, luxurious hiney wipes. All for it, right? <laughs> okay. Some of you guys are getting ideas? That's fine. But the weird part for me, though, is when he used a baby wipe to clean up after we had sex... I was like, you're using a baby wipe to clean up potential babies? That's <laughs> so poetic. Just whatever you do, don't use a Clorox wipe because that's like an abortion and I'm Catholic, so. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm so excited I, I'm getting married because dating was hard for me. Like, I remember in college, uh, I, didn't, I didn't get like how pickup lines work. Like a guy came up to me and he used a state slogan on me. He's like, hey, girl, Virginia's for lovers, yeah. I didn't know what to do. I'm like, I'm from Maryland, and we're known for crabs. <laughs> lovers and crabs don't really go together, do they? I just cock block myself. Thank you guys so much. You've been great. Keep it going for your hugs. Laura Pringle, you guys. I love that she was talking about finding baby wipes in a dude's house. Because, uh, I, I mean, there's always that one thing when you're dating somebody, there's like always one thing that you find in your, their house that you're like, what the hell is this gnome doing in here? Why is it in the oven? And the oven is on. But I think the favorite thing that, of mine that I found in somebody's house that I was dating, uh, this woman, <laughs> I stayed at her house woke up, used the bathroom the next morning, and there was olive oil, a bottle of olive oil, sitting on the back of the toilet. <laughs> and I didn't ask her that, I just got out of there. <laughs> but then like five days later, I was like, I have to, I can't just let this olive oil go. <laughs> I have to find out what this is. And so I asked her, I was like, hey, um, why is there olive oil in your bathroom? And she was like, oh, I just put it there to freak people out. <laughs> I, uh, I feel like I could share a little bit more with you guys about myself, however tepid your response is to that. Because <laughs> I'm just going to do it, because I have the microphone. So strap in for a wild ride. Some hilarious comedy stories. He was talking about his Xbox watching him. I have a history of getting so bored that I just people watch, which is pretty okay. I mean, people watching is fun, but not when you're in your own house. <laughs> I have this tendency to create like uh, TV shows for the people that are in my neighborhood. I've pissed off a lot of people. 
One of my favorite experiences was one night I was staying home. Decided to watch uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey. And I was like, no, this is not doing it for me. It's too much thinking. Just didn't want to do it. So I turned it off. I went to my second favorite show, which was my neighbors across the way. I was living in one of those courtyard apartments, you know, where you could just, just channels as far as you could see. Like 108 channels. So I looked into my favorite TV show, gal that I think lives by herself, but I can't really tell. It's my favorite show. I looked and I could see on her coffee table, she'd just gotten some flowers. There's like a vase of flowers. I was like, oh my God. This is so great gal that I don't know if she lives alone. Got some flowers. Somebody loves this gal. This is a great plot development. (laughs) But I should probably stop. I should probably stop. I should probably not pay attention. So I looked away. Then I had to find out what was going to happen next. So I went back, looked back, and there was a guy in her apartment with her. It was like, he probably got the flowers. This is great. It's like an episode of Columbo. So then they sat down on the couch and they started hugging each other. And I was like, oh, this is so touching. They're having this beautiful moment. And they're like embracing. Uh, And their back was to me, like the back of the couch was to me. So they were hugging each other on the couch like this. And then all of a sudden, he goes... (laughs) And looks me directly in the eyeballs. 500 feet away. (laughs) And I thought I was playing it super cool, watching them just like you know, slyly watching them, being voyeuristic and watching them. No, no, no. I was watching them like this the whole time. (laughs) My girlfriend at the time came home and I had turned off all the lights, closed all the blinds. I was like, we have to move. (laughs) We moved that night. (laughs) In the dark of the night. It was pretty great. Are you guys ready for your next comic? Awesome. Are you guys ready for your next comic? Seriously. Everybody's been so good so far. You guys might have seen him on, uh, I think, this most recent uh, season of Last Comic Standing. You guys give it up for Randy Lidke. Hi. <laughs> All right. When, uh, when I was growing up, I had this dog, and he actually inspired me to get a job working with animals. I got one. I was the dog killer at the Humane Society. (laughs) No, I know. I felt guilty. I was getting paid to do something I'd probably be doing anyways. (laughs) I did actually have a dog, and it's actually kind of a sad story. He he bit a little boy in the face, and we had to have him killed because he would have told his parents. writing a movie right now. It's called Big Trouble with Little China. And it's uh, about everyone's plates being too small. (laughs) All the trouble that comes along with that scenario. I'm also developing a hidden camera TV prank show called You're Finished, where we run up to people on the street and speak Finnish to them. (laughs) And we finish them. My girlfriend is here tonight. Get up for my girlfriend. Uh, We've been dating for like five years, and uh, 
we're, we love each other. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is kind of cool. That's, you know, I've been doing comedy for a while, and she's been with me throughout the whole thing. And um, it's bad timing, but I've been wanting to ask her a question. Nah, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> no, that's, that's a fake ring, but this ring is not fake. No, they're both fake. They're... <laughs> That one looks more real. Um, we're probably going to get married. She's, she's three months pregnant, so it's like the right thing to do. But I'll ask her on my own time. Or ask her right now. Do you want? It's weird now. I don't want to ask her now. Uh, she's not even here, so don't worry about it. I don't have a girlfriend. No, I really do. And she really is here. And guess what? This one, what if the third one was real? And a big, fat, red-headed girl ran on stage just crying. She's not big and fat and red-headed. She's actually, she's really pretty. She's not pretty. But she's not here, so... Kind of say whatever I want about her. I'm a gay guy. I am. I really am. And my boyfriend is here. No way. And a big, fat, red-headed guy runs on stage. You would lose it. You would lose your mind. The weirdest thing about this is my parents are actually here. No, they're not here. They're not here. They are big and fat and red-headed, though. So you can count on that. I'm going to move on. My girlfriend really is here. Give it up for my girlfriend. She's a good sport for putting up with me. She's not here. I don't have a girlfriend. I don't. I really do. I do have a girlfriend. I get it. I get it if you don't believe me. It makes sense. And she really is here. And you know what? On your way out, I'll be standing with her, and you can check her out. She's got sick tits. So. Breast cancer. Sad. All right. That's it for me. Thanks a lot, everybody. Randy Lucky, you guys. He does not have a girlfriend. You guys are so gullible. But I love you for it. It's beautiful. I, uh, we have like one last comic left. Are you guys ready for him? You guys are gonna love him. He's a very funny guy. He has an album out that I can't remember the name of. Cause hey, I'm good at my job. You guys give it up for Hampton Yount. Oh no. I don't even want to go on after Randy. He was so funny. I was just watching. I was like, oh fuck, I have to go on now. It's kind of a bummer being in front of all you people. Uh, it's good to be here. Um, I like uh, I like watching uh, the local news here in L.A. You know what I mean? Like all the local newscasters, I guess they have in California. Like, I just love... They always do this kind of like sing-songy, childish intro into news stories. You know what I mean? Like, they never just start a news story. They have to, like, find a weird way into it. 
You know what I mean? Well, they'll just be like, eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Catch a tiger in your neighborhood. A local zoo has recently, like, is a tiger loose? You can just mention the missing tiger, and I can take that information and then run away. You don't have to be all coy about it and be like, me Chinese, me play joke, me put poison in your Coke. Tragedy strikes Beijing today. Seven dead, two horny. They do that, but then they'll do that other weird thing where they'll be like, we've all heard of the old woman who lives in a shoe, but an old man who has sex with shoes? Tom Schneider's on scene today. <laughs> Just cut to an old guy jerking off into a shoe. Like, revenge. Or whatever you say when you jerk off. I say revenge. Because I'm getting revenge, usually. Uh, I think... Uh, <laughs> One of my favorite news stories of like the last uh, year was, uh, remember that guy who was like keeping women in his house, right? <laughs> remember that? He was like keeping a bunch of women in his house and like that black dude saw he was doing that. He's like, he's keeping white bitches in there. And like people, it was a really funny story about entrapment. Uh, <laughs> I followed up on that news story. That guy, uh, his name was Ariel Castro. And uh, this is true. A week and a half into his prison sentence, he killed himself. Which is funny, because what a hypocrite, right? <laughs> Week and a half, bro? Keeping women in your house for years? Couldn't stick it out a little fucking longer. You know what I hate? I hate hypocrites. I hate hypocrites. <laughs> they gave him a... No, one person really understands me. They gave him a thousand years. That was his jail sentence. I, I personally love it whenever the courts give like a make-believe sentence, like a magic sentence that a seven-year-old would give the problem. Like, I give you a thousand years of spiders because I don't like him. We get it. You don't like him. He can't do a thousand years. Like, we're not dumb. You know what I mean? Like, you can try. You can try and put him in there for a thousand years. You're just going to have a skeleton in prison for hundreds of years after he's dead. That'll be what you get. All right. I remember first seeing skeleton when I first came into Shawshank. Looked like a stiff breeze and knock him right over because he was a skeleton. <laughs> Are you guys not as obsessed with Shawshank Redemption as I am? Where... You can quote it almost to the fucking word. All right. I, I watch a lot of entertainment. I, w that means I just waste my life. I, uh, I just I just rewatched all of Breaking Bad. Uh, yeah, I'm a hero. Fuck firefighters. Guys, uh, <laughs> yeah, a weird applause break on that. I, uh, here's some Breaking Bad impressions. Okay. I cook meth, bitch. Right. <laughs> Jesse. Jesse, no. No, Jesse. Jesse, no. No, Jesse. Put Skylar in Skylar, no. No, Skylar, Jesse. Jesse, no, Tyler. Tyler, put Godzilla on. Godzilla, no. No, Godzilla, if you do this, if you destroy my city, I will end you. Uncle Hank is a hero. <laughs> that was Gus. That was Gus Fringe. 
Colombian drug dealer guest fringe. <laughs> All right. I like to I like to get high and write jokes. Uh, here's some. You guys think uh, whoever came up with human sacrifice was just like a dick? Right? Okay. <laughs> I've perfected comedy down to a science. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah? Right? Because his village, his village had real problems. Like, they're like, it hasn't rained in weeks. And he's like, yeah, we got to get rid of Kevin. Let's get him out of here! Like, no, it hasn't rained in a long time. Yeah, because he fucking sucks so bad! He's right in Kevin's face. They're like, we think this is about you and Kevin. Do you guys think whoever came up with the Olympics was just like a dick? This is the one joke premise I write when I'm high. But I basically feel like I've boiled down comedy. It's basically just asking people if they think things, concepts, people, or ideas are dicks. And you either agree with it or not. That's all of stand-up comedy. So do you think? Yeah? Whoever came up with the Olympics was just like a dick? But like a racist dick, right? Because don't the Olympics sound a little racist in their inception? Like, we're going to say who's faster, Chinese people or Mexicans? It's like, why do you want to know? This is what I'm out! No one believes me! Just going to stack them up and say, one will be on a podium higher than the others, and his flag shall be higher than theirs! Right? That's why, that's why Hitler was so mad. Not like in general, but like at that one Olympics, right? When Jesse Owens beat Hitler's guy. No one knows his name. He, he's Dusseldorf. He's dead to the ages. No one cares about that guy. Jesse Owens beat his guy. Hitler was mad. That's a historical fact. Like, Hitler couldn't believe it. He was like, a black dude is faster than a German vote! A black dude is faster than a German! Okay. Hitler's crazy. Do you guys think Hitler was like a dick? But like a racist stick. <laughs> End of joke sequence. I just pretend like I don't know what I'm doing, but um, every word is written. Um, some people, doctors call it high-functioning autism. And <laughs> yeah, I just don't like to talk about my life. Uh, so I like to write jokes. Um, I was on a bus recently. I saw a homeless man masturbating on the bus. Where does he get off? <laughs> Not trying to brag or anything, but <laughs> that joke is a quadruple entendre. It's literally the smartest thing I've ever written. <laughs> you know how people brag about double entendres? It's in quattro. It's more entendres. So don't worry about it. I'm in control. <laughs> in control of the set. Uh, I, uh, I, lost a, I lost 120 pounds a year ago. Uh, all bone. Massive surgeries. <laughs> it was fat. It was weight. Uh, it was fat. I was a big fat guy. I was a big fat guy for many, many years. And uh, that's true. 
Uh, and uh, people always ask me, they're like, how'd you do it? How'd you, how'd you do this? I'm not going to tell you. I, I don't want you to know. <laughs> was it surgeries, but I don't want you... I, I did the effort. <laughs> I'm not going to fucking break down a year of my life. And now you lose weight. You just you try and lose weight. But it, it's, it's hard. And what's funny is... I just want to tell you that it, for this perspective, basically, that was the fattest I've ever been. It, I hit a rock bottom, and I had to like roll out of bed. Like I had stretch marks. Like it was bad, and that's probably the fattest I should ever be for this body frame. And now I'm, I, I work out. I, I try and keep on top of it. And I've been to both sides, basically. I've been to both sides of the human spectrum. And I'm just here to tell you, if you've ever wondered, if you're one body type and you just wondered what it would be like on the other end. It's the same. It's the fucking same. There's no difference. It's the fucking same. There's pluses and minuses to both sides. You know what I mean? There's pluses and minuses. There's a lot of joy in being a glutton, and there's a lot of joy in working out. Like, I'm, I'm here to fucking tell you, having four chocolate sundays is as good as fucking a stranger. <laughs> it's the same part of your brain. <laughs> explodes and you're like I can't let anyone know about this shit <laughs> nothing changes with depression if you have depression that's why, probably why you're fat because like that's what being fat you're like I'm sad and I'm fat I'm probably sad because I'm fat and then you lose the fat and then you're like that wasn't it fuck <laughs> Depression's like a horror movie. Like, the calls are still coming from inside the house. <laughs> so, dating's weird. <laughs> I feel like uh, I chose, uh, I chose stand-up comedy <laughs> as my girlfriend, right? This is what I do, basically. I'm ten years deep now. This is what I do. And it's like... You know, having a wife and kids, it sometimes doesn't factor into that thing. And dating itself is really weird now. Like, people, like, have fetishes and are just open about it. Like, people, girls now like to get choked during sex. Nobody was getting choked during my grandparents' generation. <laughs> like, during sex. If you were getting choked back then, that was the last time you were ever having sex. It wasn't a fun game. Like, ooh, we're experimenting. <laughs> like, it was lights out, Grandma. It was done after that shit. And I used to feel bad about my life course where I'm just like, ah, I don't feel like marriage kids is going to work out so much. But then I just realized something. The normal life path, that's just your fetish. That's just what you're into. You know what I mean? Some people, that's just their thing. We're like, what am I into? I just like it when a dude just like has to get to know me for like a really long time. Like he has to get inside of my head. He has to figure me out. And then one day I put on this ceremonial white gown. And we just gather all of our friends and family and we just start saying this bad poetry at each other until we just start crying. And they start crying. We're like, oh, so sad. Our love is so beautiful. And they start crying. We're like, oh, it's so hot. And then that dude, he just gets to start raw-dogging me as much as he wants from then on. Just no condo. Just straight gets to go at my fucking pussy. He just gets to keep fucking and fucking until so this dude just comes out of my pussy. This fucking little dude just comes out of my pussy. Like, we're like fucked up. We, we start naming him. We're like, oh, Kevin. Kevin, little Kevin. We're like, 
we feed him. We're like, watch our sex slave grow. I'm so proud of you. And then when we're old and gray, we get buried in these two boxes all tight next to each other. And then our fuck slave's on the top of the surface of the earth, and he's like crying with all his fuck slaves. That's what I'm into. You guys are a lot of fun. Have a great night. thinking about that fetish joke for a long time. <laughs> that was just going to be creeping in for like, I'm going to give it a year. I think for a year you're going to be walking around with that. Two tight boxes next to each other just pops up when you're having cereal. One more time for Hampton Young, you guys. And keep it going for everybody you've seen tonight, because that is our show. I've been Rhea Butcher. We're here every Tuesday night at 8. Come on by and see us next week. Thanks, you guys. Have a good one. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.